Hello. Following on from yesterday's update, we'd like to let you know that the National Water Conservation Order will be in place tomorrow from Friday the 6th of July at 8am. It's in place for the month of July at which point we'll review. What this means for you is that things that you might normally do outside your home are not allowed until our water sources recover. The top three things I can recommend for you today are to put away the hose pipe, take a short Sweden shower instead of a bath, control and turn off the from over. Remarkably, nobody's been injured by the dozens of wildfires. There's nobody prepared for this. Nobody prepared. There, there, there wouldn't be enough water in the country to, to save some of the fields. There's, there's going to be enough. As the sun water. rises over Tiervatas Kloof Dam, Cape Town's main water resource has never been so low. In January, South Africans were warned day zero would come on April 12th. The day there are only outages when there's insufficient water. We know that that is not the case. The key cause of outages, so storm Emma, the outages were caused by the pipes breaking. So water ingress is not across California. This is a live look at it right now. Take a look here. It is just tearing through Ventura County. It exploded from 50 acres to more than 30. This is basically a broccoli plant here that's been dormant for the last six weeks. It um, basically has stopped growing. And I got all the children around me in the big new circles. And I looked at them and I said, The world is full! So welcome to episode number 10 of Turning Earth. Turning Earth, the next uh, episode. The almost regular environmental podcast. Uh, yes, it has been unfortunately three entire months since our last. Uh, we were just chatting about that. We realised it's been three months since we did the last one. So we haven't oh, yeah. kept up with our, our usual output rate. But, uh, well, I think the one before that was maybe five or six months. So I don't think we have a usual output rate, really. <laughs> uh, um, yes, but also it can be, be event driven. Yeah, and it has been event driven recently. Yeah. There's been no doubt about that because uh, what has happened recently, we've been uh, it's been so three months of summertime in Ireland, and usually it's like you know comfortable enough in the sense that like it's not as cold as it was, you know, but um, it always you know rains anyway, doesn't it? It's, it's yeah. always like we didn't we didn't predict you know a couple of episodes ago that we we're going to actually have an actual drought yeah. in Ireland. We talk a lot about extreme weather events and how they're going to become more frequent because of climate change. But I was thinking you know, floods. I, yeah. I was thinking extreme cold snaps. Yeah. I was thinking, um, I didn't think that we in Ireland were going to have, um, actually start talking about water shortages, yeah. which is now our our lot. And, you know, listen, you know, it's very, very, very scary. It's very, very scary. Like we were talking before about how, oh, you know, Ireland's going to be um, one of those countries that when other countries are experiencing drought, then Ireland will be like a relatively place safe. Live, relatively yeah. safe. But no, 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 it's not true. Yeah. It's actually not true at all because because I was I was. I was, with a, I was in a taxi this morning the taxi man was saying it was like we're looking out the yellow grass I let, yeah. Leticia my partner went to Spain today we are talking about in Spain where she's from in the centre it's very very yellow grass like it's very very um, it's dry it's almost like desert like yeah you know? well it's becoming it's, it's desertification is encroaching on, on, on the south of Spain oh, yeah. fairly rapidly you know it's, we want to see that all across southern Europe yeah absolutely yeah. absolutely and then you see this happening now in Ireland where Ireland looks like Spain I mean it's, yeah, ab yeah. it's bonkers I'm actually like Freaked out, like I'm very, very freaked out. It is really worrying. Yeah, it's uh, well, sorry, I shouldn't be. No, it's not too much alarmism on this particular podcast, Calm except down, when Eric okay. starts losing his shit. Um, so well, uh, what was the crack with the taxi man? You were saying something about the taxi man. 
that um, it's that they now we're going to have the uh, the farmers, like for example, are going to are going to have a serious economic problem now because of this. They're using up their uh, winter fodder, right? Uh, for because there's not enough now over summer because of, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. 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 So uh, this is going to have a serious impact, like um, in yeah. general, like. Um, uh, so we we basically wanted to present this podcast for this reason because um, linked into all of that is the fact that water charges and yeah. we want to talk about things like conservationism and the need for conservation and we want to talk about kind of the, the evolving discourse shall we say around water as a political yeah. issue in Ireland obviously yeah. water charges has been like obviously like a huge very important political issue you've talked about nearly governments collapsing over it and that kind of thing you know yeah 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 and um and the big massive backtrack that they had to do eventually that they were forced into and the the fact that that was a positive thing and the necessity of that but um we're at this unfortunate juncture i feel at the moment now where um because of drought because of this drought that genuine need to conserve water which is now going to come about the fact that there has been and, and there still is this connection kind of mentally on all sides no matter whether you're on one side of the debate or another about everyone has this connection between in their me- in their mind mentally between conservation conservationism and charging and charges yeah. and that you know there was as the, though that's going to solve the problem yes yes yeah. and you know the you know the reason for that was just basically because the link was created when when it was introduced like this is very important charges uh, people have to pay privately for the water supply they linked in conservation with that said that was the reason this is why we have no choice but to have mm. a private model around water because yeah. we need to uh, we need to preserve and protect our water supply yeah. and to conserve it, right? So this was a big lie and this is a big lie. It obviously didn't work. Everybody has this connection in their head, even people on, like on our side, I would say, yeah, this yeah. connection between those two things and we need to break that. So mm. because guess what? It is The two things are not connected. No. Conservation of water and the genuine need for conservation of water, especially now that we are in a drought here in Ireland, yeah. has nothing to do with charges and the the that privatized model of the financial model of how to finance water um uh, pipage basically infrastructure yeah. in other words there's a really good uh, a podcast i listened to called the sus on the headstuff network there's a really good episode on this recently he interviewed um a fella called Dave Gibney from the Mandate Trade Union part of the right to work campaign on you and that's that's that's, yeah. that's well worth the listen there's a lot of it, a lot of information in it but um the main thing to remember when we're talking about conservation and and the idea of water charges is that domestic consumption, not just in Ireland, but globally makes up for about 10% of total consumption. Absolutely, the vast, yeah. ma- the vast majority is through agriculture. In industrialised nations, sometimes it's it's a bit more industry than agriculture, but basically it's it, domestic use non, is not use where we need to be focusing yeah. our energy. Uh, but even if we do want to focus on cutting back on domestic use, the first step, as we know now, because of uh, this woman, Emma Kennedy, Emma Kennedy uh, from Kennedy Analysis, has pointed out that 57% of the water that leaves the reservoir leaks before it gets to our taps. Yeah. As she put it, for every one litre we use, Irish water has to put in two litres because the, the pipes are so yeah. bad. It's a, a pipe system that's 140 years old and the pipes have an 80 to 100 year lifespan. And that so, mad, 140 yeah. years old. So, Think about like how rusted and just crappy and just... Uh, this, like. this, these, are, these effects of being a, a non-developed nation, and yeah. oh, that they go like they, they, they go through even like you know the period of the so-called boom of the nineties, you know. But like none of that went, none of the that money went into infrastructure. Uh, but that's isn't all. that so typical though of the Irish government? It's all about keeping up an appearance. It's all about lo- seeming to do the right thing. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, trying yeah, to fit yeah. in, like trying to look like we're a, we're an advanced European nation. We're not. We're not. 
Yeah, yeah, and We're get not. re-elected based no, on that the, also. The state of the water pipes, like. Yeah, the as, just, as one example. It's yeah, one yeah. example. That, that's actually another thing I want to do with this. Obviously, um, in this episode, this episode is about water. We do want to focus on that. But at the same time, Probably, yeah, yeah. there's a perspective we want to introduce to this that it's actually just, it's part of a, it's part of a broader thing. And we need to talk about the broader policy formation that led mm. to water charges. We need to put that in its a slightly bigger context. And yeah. why we in Ireland are doing that, why that has informed all the policy. And it's, but it, it's, in order to understand that, you can't talk only about water. You have to talk about how everything has been privatised in Ireland and the mm. reasons for that. So yeah, this episode is going to be about water in general. And we're going to be talking about that through the two lenses, I suppose, of privatisation and conservation. Yeah. And how the two things, I would argue, are mutually exclusive. Yeah. You can't have a privatised water supply and conserve it because if it's privatised, it's going to be under the control of a company and a private company or corporation. They can do whatever they want. Basically. All they care about is making money and that's whatever. That's what they're for. You can't criticise them for that, really. But that's what they're for, they're for making money. The profit-driven so motive, yeah. They want to make more money and the way they make more money is by selling you the water. Yes. So they're not going to be driven to conserve it because they want to sell more of it. Absolutely, so it's, 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 it's completely impossible to for a society it's yeah. inefficient in other words and yeah. it's not going to be it's not going to be a good thing it's going to have the opposite effect in other words of what mm-hmm. it was proposed like it's it's this horrible irony you know that we need to privatise to, to protect our water supply and it's going to have the absolute opposite effect yeah. but look and we know that already because look at the situation I give you an example of something else that's been privatised by all of this policy was uh, bins yeah. and now since that's happened in places specifically in the more impoverished parts of Dublin there was problems straight out as soon as as soon as the crisis got economic crisis got worse anyway there was a problem then of people can't pay to afford to pay for the bins because it's mm. under private model and they haven't got enough money to do it so you've got problems with dumpage and you've got the likes of say labor and stuff complaining isn't it terrible that people are doing this and it, that they were behind bin charges yeah. they caused that to happen like yeah, yeah isn't that mental and then they're blaming poor people for not being able to afford the private bin collection which used to be paid out of general taxation you know yeah and and that's another thing that was done was that in order to so, so general taxation uh, used to be used to uh, fund public services yeah. and because of the neoliberal policy as well as privatisation neoliberalism in general mm. part of that is that general taxation is no longer used uh, to to fund those things instead we, we were talking earlier about like you were saying to me where does that money actually go and yeah, like, like, in, in inefficiency like, what does it mean for like what does what does neoliberalism mean in terms of how it affects our tax money like wh- where where does that money go if not towards buses bins and water what's going on with it and what does neoliberalism mean in terms of that I, like it's the term that I don't I think I get it but I, I, to me it just means hyper capitalism but what does it like what are the effects of it so like it's it's a bunch of things like one of the things one of the strands of it is financialization of the economy right? right which is a way of the economy used to be based on things like manufacturing and agriculture and it used to have a, Actually a basis in tangible things you know yeah yeah um, but the financialization of the economy, so um, say from, let's say, say the 70s onwards, um, and especially in Ireland, it's this type of, it was described as a, there's a very good fr- uh, phrase that was used, um, uh, casino capitalism was employed <laughs> from the 70s onwards after that decade's financial crisis, yeah, right? right? High risk economics. So, so the economy is based much more on things like, you know, stock markets. Right. And which are extreme concentrations of money and things like, you know, hedge funds and that kind of thing. They're, 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 the size of their economy is so huge compared to the other things like yeah. what I call ordinary economy, like us paying for food and that kind of thing. 
yeah. which is it's all linked in, of course. But the size of the money that's just in things like stocks is so huge that it dominates the economy in general, you know. Yeah, yeah. And because of things like inflation, that money that's being spent on public services is now basically nothing. See, yeah. inflation is another way of is inflation be the same thing as if the price of goods stayed the exact same, but you got paid less every week yeah, yeah. by a couple of cents, do you know, at a rate. It's the, inflation is the exact same thing, but just coming from the bottom going up instead of the top coming down, you right, know. Yeah, yeah. So. What's really happened is that money that you're talking about, the money that's that was going to general taxation, is is becoming like, it's it's being linked into uh, the a structure of a global economy that's based on very high risk financial tri- transactions. Yeah, and this is also one of the strands. Beside privatization, to me, is another strand. Yeah, at yeah. the same time that like, our, so oh, sorry to just to finish that point. So when the economy crashed again in 2008, yeah. right? Because okay, we need to recapitalize all these banks. So basically, the debt became socialized because I don't want to jump ahead too fast here, but mm. because it's like it's okay for this. One of the th- things is the neoliberal policy: state only intervenes when they have to save banks, not when they need to save people. Right. We need to save the interests of very concentrated capital. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. so, when they need to refinance AIB and uh, Bank of Ireland, but bail out all of the banks yeah. and also fill the debt hole that was caused, I should say, by Anglo-Irish Bank, yeah, all yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff. So, so you could the, say that what what led to the formation of Irish water wasn't the need to conserve water. It was the fact that the money that our tax money that would be going to repair pipes and all that kind of thing is now going to paying back the debt. And because of that, the state has to set up this private company. It is it is a private company, Irish Water, because it's owned by uh, Board Gosh, which is owned by, I can't remember the name now, but they're owned by a British multinational. They're a private company. Yeah. Um, they're not even semi-state as far as I'm aware. They're, they're full-on stock market traded private company. That, um, yeah. So they are now managing our water, seemingly. And they're doing a terrible job of it because like it was, we were going to say this earlier, even if, even though it doesn't really make sense to focus on domestic consumption if you do want to conserve water, just let's say we do. Let's say that's our main, yeah. the, the largest amount of water has been used let's domestically. Say that's, it's actually, yeah, most money. For As Emma Kennedy pointed out, it's Irish water's responsibility to sort that out because the 57% leaking this is it they have as you, as you said like they have fixed absolutely nothing for all of the the work that's been put into setting them up and replacing the local boards and all that kind of thing the local management what have they actually done Not most maybe. of their work was done do you know what most of their work was trying to set up advertising uh, well yeah but I'm trying to set up uh, trying to set up the infrastructure for charging people in other yeah. words metering yeah I'm thinking and all uh, that work went into metering they could have said fixing pipes you know the, the reason Emma Kennedy was in the news recently is because another thing Irish Water are trying to do, well, the state, I've been talking about this for years, but Irish Water would be spearheading this project, is to pipe in water from the Shannon to Dublin to deal with Dublin's water shortages. And now, Kennedy is against it because it's a bit of nimbyism. There's like the pipeline's going to go through her, her land or something like that. She doesn't want that. Right. But it, it was her who was pointing all this out in the Rocks Committee. She's, got, she's a banker, you know what I mean? She's not a lefty, she's not an environmentalist. Yeah, of course. She's part um, of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and she, has she, a she was pointing this out. They, she was like, yeah, okay, it's 57% leakage. And nothing's been done to fix that. There's no need for this big prop project. But it seems to me, your man, the president of Irish Water, denies that. He says it's 37% leakage, as though that's much better. And he <laughs> says we can only re- repair that at a rate of 1% per year without bringing the city to a standstill. Now, that's not good That enough. is such a... Did they did they take that approach with the, the Lewis Line introduction? No, they just did it. They like, it, short-term pain, long-term gains. They don't give me that bull, like... Yeah, no, do you know nonsense. what I mean? But um, it's... 
it seems to me like they're just kind of creating work for themselves to justify their own existence. I you what I mean? Like, oh, we'll do this big it's, project. It's well, put it like this: it's absolutely, in, it's absolutely inefficient. You yeah. know, as I said, like yeah. the main thing they've spent their time doing is that kind of thing. Uh, yeah, setting themselves like it's a lot of that money in a direct sense just goes into like middle management. You know, that's part of that's also part of the mm. the the overall picture of the policy that goes in line with global or, or sorry, I meant to say current corporatism and neoliberalism in general you know yeah, yeah. like it has all these things that it's just like the privatisation the financialization, and, and that kind of thing they all kind of linked in together just so and so far as they're part of just a broader like the people who, and I was going to say as well earlier that like they would private, they'd be privatising the water supply regardless of the, the fact of where we are in our current cycle of crises you know mm. so because it's just a, it's just a general policy it's just a part of general neoliberal policy they think this is great and it makes sense from their point of view as the guys at the top because we, as we were saying earlier as well people who are finished um, in top government positions or ministers or whatever they end up going in, they personally end up going if they retire they end up going into some kind of corporate role somewhere and get maybe way more well, money I mean, stuff, so. it definitely ministers do that and it's not just obscure people either like Brian Cowan was on the board of Topaz exactly he, yeah. he was like one of the people who orchestrated that whole scenario uh, so or his party was anyway with Fianna Fáil yeah yeah you know, absolutely yeah, yeah. They, they, they railroaded that project through the Shell Carb Gas project I'm talking about and he goes on then to be a board of to be on the board of directors of Topaz, yeah. who are a shell front company, yeah. they've since rebranded as Circle K. Um, so it's, it's blatant; like they're 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 clearly moving the same circles. There's no that's it's like an open secret. Yeah, it's not even an open secret anymore. It's just nobody talks about it because we despair too much to think about it. <laughs> you know. So I suppose in summary, it, it's clear if you think about it for more than a few minutes that, as you were saying. Irish water was set up not to conserve water, but it's just part of a, a broader drive the government has to privatise and it, to the, the company as it was set up. It wasn't set up immediately. It was set up as a as a state body immediately. But you can see it's a part of a, a, a broader trend of when those kind of uh, organisations, state bodies, are set up. Mm. This this is a typical one of one that could be privatised very easily, and it was set up for that. You know, in the future, you know, that happens yeah, with all yeah. sorts of state bodies that are eventually put on the public markets you know yeah. so, um, so that's, the, that's the big picture that Irish water fits into but let's let's take it back now and look at the even bigger picture and let's look at water in Ireland and globally and what the situation is in terms of actually having enough water for us to live because yes. it's, it's 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 pretty dire actually if you look at it globally like it, if you look at the stats from around the world a third of the world is currently experiencing water shortages Cape, Cape Town is due to run out at some point this year it'll be the first city to run out of uh, potable water um, it's expected to be half the world by 2025 is going to be experiencing water shortages conservation is something we need to start working aggressively towards and seriously addressing how water gets used in our society yes, and the first time. step in that is to turn away from domestic consumption because that should be the last thing we look at because it's the smallest use absolutely, all over the world yeah, absolutely. There's, there's plenty of other big problems and do, so, something else I want to address here is that 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 sometimes gets brushed under the carpet when, when people talk about water charges, you know what I mean? People talk about, and, and fair enough, they talk about the effect it's going to have on people uh, financially. And that's, I'm not saying that's not important, it's equally important, but we need to talk about we actually, what are we actually going to do to conserve the water? Because we, we need to, I've heard, I've heard this so many times uh, from lefties and even from environmentalists talking about the water charges, like how dare they try and charge us for water? They even said it in that sus episode, your man said it's like trying to sell sand to an Arab. It's not the same thing. Like, just because it rains a lot here. Yeah, and but even though, even though drought aside, even though it rains a lot here, we experience water shortages, especially in the west of Ireland, in the wintertime and in Dublin, 
there's water shortages and there's often like boil water notices because of floods uh, the potable water gets contaminated uh, pipes bursting sewage pipes bursting like the water infrastructure here is just terrible it doesn't yeah. matter how much it rains you can't just stand outside with your mouth open you know what I mean like, <laughs> we need to actually have clean water going to people's homes um, yeah and that's like this, the country's in a bad way in terms of that like standing outside with my mouth open wide the, the points were pre-existing, but uh, the fact that we've had this crazy, crazy drought brought us in focus. Like, okay, we need to do an episode literally like now. And, well, not literally now, but we need to do an episode right away. And we need to make this point about the separation between real conservation and as having nothing to do with the, the reasons for the water charges model. So you can, in other words, the point we're making is you can be against water charges and be very pro-conservation. You know, yeah. if you talk to the likes of especially, I, I love ragging on these lads, the Green Party, mm. where they were, they were pro-charges and they were pro-charges because they said for reasons of conservation. That to mm. me is absolutely nuts. Like they've, they've bought into that absolute lie that yeah. we just uh, hopefully... Hopefully, listeners at home think that we have debunked that is complete yeah. nonsense. That there's some connection between, and that the existence of Irish water has made the water supply more safe. What? How many pipes is it fixed? Zero. Yeah. If there's a problem with the water supply, Dublin City Council here locally mm. will sort it out. Irish water don't come and fix leaks or any fix anything at mm. all. Like you know, so this is the reality we're in at the moment. So so we are pro conservation and anti water charges. That is what yeah. we are, and that is. And as any sensible person should be, really. Because yes. And now that we have droughts, now conservation becomes a huge part of the picture. So we need to talk about what conservation actually is and how to actually achieve it. It's a very real and, and serious threat. And there's like, there's no one answer to how we're going to secure water for our future. Yes. Uh, like, it's, it's, it's still really kind of shocking and scary when I think about it. Like, I remember more than 10 years ago um, when you actually first started introducing me to socialist politics and anarchist politics <laughs> I suppose um, remember you gave me No uh, no Logo and One No Many Yeses by Paul Kingsnorth oh and yeah you were rabid on to me about Naomi Klein and stuff and I was like yeah this sounds interesting <laughs> um, but you, I remember you said to me in the near future there's going to be wars fought over water and I was like yeah I can see the sense in that but I thought that was like we'll be at old men at this stage you know or it might even be in yeah, our lifetimes but yeah, yeah, yeah. I did I, not me think too. Yeah, that yeah. by the time I'm, I'm not even 30 yet and we're facing a situation where a major city, Cape Town, is going to run out of water at some point in the near future. Yeah, um, and that's that's just the first. You know what I mean? And it's it's happening now, like with all these things, it's happening now, and it's like no one's prepared for it. No, we're not prepared. Not, for it. No, no, we're going in the opposite direction. And then yeah. you know, with the reasons being told that it's going to fix things, it's going to make things actually worse. It's going to actually endanger our water supply. It's going to endanger our society in general. You know. Mm. Um, because we will not have any any water because yeah. we won't be fixing any of the leaks. We won't be doing anything smart with our water supply. We'll ju- the you know th- like if we don't keep the pressure up as well on our on the likes of the Irish water, the policy behind it of privatization, you know yeah. we're gonna be, end up like not being able to pay for water ourselves. You know yeah, ordinary yeah. people, domestic use that we only use a very small proportion of the actual. As you said, most of it's yeah, used yeah. by industry or and or agriculture globally and in Ireland the majority of it is used by agriculture and I think in Ireland something like 60 or 70 percent of the water is agricultural um, and we need to do that like there's only so much we can cut back there but there's loads to be done like 30 percent of that 30 percent of total water use as far as I'm aware is I can't remember if it's animal farming or cow farming specifically yeah. and I know we rabbit on about that a lot but it's like the reason for that is the government is actively supporting cow farming they're promoting it they want to increase yeah. it yeah 
in spite of all the evidence to say that that's a bad idea for loads of reasons, not just for water, but for in terms of our carbon emissions contributing to climate change, yeah, yeah, yeah. land use. It fucking in by twenty thirty, a third of the bees in Ireland are going to be extinct. A third of the bee species, and that's linked into cow farming as well. There's not enough flowers for them. They're getting exhausted buzzing around trying to trying to find flowers. They can't find them because, of, well, not just because of cow farming for loads of reasons, but because there's there's not enough flowers for them anymore because things have gotten so homogenous. There's so little biodiversity. Yeah, in, yeah, the, in cities yeah. and in towns, every like, it's like the the urbanization has done so much damage, yeah, yeah, to the environment. You've got less. It's co- like the lawn culture of like Amer- American suburbia is kind of the crack here now. You know what I mean? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Con- concrete front front yards. But so, to bring uh, it back to the cow farm and like that's like I said, it affects the bees. It affects uh, the biodiversity in general. But it, it's like the amount of water that animal farming uses up, and yeah. you also have to factor into that that a lot of the, like for example, soya. In Brazil, a lot of soya beans are produced to make cattle feed. Yes. So a lot of the like crops that are produced are produced to make cattle feed. So like you it's put not down being the used in an efficient, direct it's, way it's, to feed human yeah. beings and to feed ourselves. And in yeah. in this right, and you know, I was going to say the the big thing, the big thing to bear in mind there too is just a general monocrop culture yeah. in terms of the damage to uh, ecosystems. Not, no diversity. The exact opposite of that is monocrop cultures. You know, yeah. and it's true. Like it's it's true. Even less, you know. So much of Ireland doesn't doesn't even have trees. It's just it's just lawn. It's just grass, not lawn, but grass. You know, yeah, yeah. So, and that's because of like this type of farming and you know an, animal farming and stuff. Which same as you know the Amazon being destroyed and stuff as well yeah. for that resource extraction and what have you. Yeah. yeah, no, this is this is true. We're not going to have enough. We're going to find it very very hard to have food to eat. So we need and a, water to drink and water to drink and mm. and and water. Excuse me, sorry. What I'm to to feed to grow the crops in the yeah. first place to grow crops to feed ourselves yeah. in the first place. See, it's all interlinked without yeah, yeah. trying to get too far off the water point. But yeah, yeah. Well, so, another thing with the cow farming, I'm just thinking, well, not just cow farming, but animal farming in general. Um, another thing it contributes to is pollution of the waterways through like nitrates and pesticides and sewage runoff. And it's not just farming, yeah. that obviously like we've very bad sewage management as well in our towns and cities. Stuff still just gets oh, yeah. thrown into the sea and into the rivers. And waterways in Ireland are in decline as well. Not not majorly fast, but like there's there's been efforts put in to improve them, but the opposite is happening. Like they're actually getting worse. Like there's some improvements in some areas, but we still like over fifty percent of our lakes are polluted. Almost fifty percent of our rivers are polluted. Yeah, badly. You know. And another another example of general just public mismanagement, mismanagement of not only resources coming in, but then our waste going out as well. It's also part of the picture. You know. We want to really get at the the, the, the root of the problem. Um, we talked a lot about neoliberal, neoliberalism earlier and the exploitation of resources. I think it's worth, and I'm going to sound like a little bit of a hippie here, but to be frank, I don't give a shit. Um, I think it's important to have these conversations. To think about how we actually view water and the language we use to describe it. Because we, we've been using the word resource a lot, and like that's how we talk about water. And it makes sense, because it, like, it makes sense to think of it as a resource, because it's something that needs to be managed. And something that needs to be conserved, like now more than ever, we need to like really, really think rationally and scientifically how are we going to protect this stuff. But I think a fundamental issue, even even deeper, I'd say, than neoliberalism and, and privatization 
is just just the language we use to describe it, calling it a resource, um, rather than it's it's it's, it's us, and like entertain me on, on this for a minute. Like yeah, as, as far as far yeah. as we're aware, life began in water. Life began underwater. We're eighty percent water. There is no life without water. Like it's, we need food, but we can go a few days without food. We can't go very long without water. We're basically mostly made of water. Yeah. If you think about it. So that's like, that's that's kind of where I'd be coming from. Is that it, it's us. It's not a resource like chocolate or you know. Yeah, it's not luxury. peppers or you it's know, not or even luxury, petroleum. Yeah, it's something that it's 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 so fundamental that I don't think it makes sense for us to see a separation. So yeah, it's it's a resource. We can think about it as a resource that we need to manage, and we should. Yeah, but. But we, it's also a human right, and anybody who's is. of a right-wing disposition who thinks that that's a stupid concept, screw you. Yeah, go a, few, <laughs> go a week without water, and then come back to us, basically, <laughs> if you think it's not a human right. But for them, it's okay because they believe that they can afford to pay for it forever. Yeah, they don't think they're ever going to be poor. Maybe that's and true. Elon Musk not, is going to take them all into space soon, anyway. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's actually true. Yeah. yeah, but anybody who's left who's poor can't afford the resource. You know, screw them. That's basically the yeah. right-wing position on that. And, so and since it, we don't subscribe to that, we cons- we engage with the conversation about human water, about human water, about human, human water. I don't want to talk about for that. For water, of water, <laughs> water is a human right. Yeah. So to go in the opposite direction of that, when our yeah, words yeah. are actually correctly arranged. Yeah, water is a human right, and it's 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 just it is us. It's us. Yeah. When we're talking about protecting water, we're protecting ourselves. Absolutely. And it, it's our ability to survive in a very fundamental way. Yeah. I mean, it's us. It's also it, it's also like the the main composer of the crops that we eat, the food that we eat. Yeah. So it's everything. So it is literally everything. You know, our yeah. ability to run any industry, our ability to you know every ecosystem that exists in the world. All of it is just water. Is the main, most important resource. So we have to be able to keep it healthy. Our supply it has to be free at point of use. Is the yeah. point not that it's we can pay for the we can pay for the infrastructure, but it has to be free, it has to be, be able to get it for free. Because yeah. it's a right. You just you don't keep water from people or anything. It's like keeping air from people. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Anyone who thinks that's a good idea is air a dangerous is next, person. You know what I mean? Clean yeah. air is next. When we can't when we have, when our air is so badly polluted we need to, you know, use gas canisters on our back of clean air in order in order to survive, you know? Because we've got so much air pollution in the cities we live in. That air will be next, it really will. Yeah. Fuck privatization. Yes. Uh, in general. Uh, but it's, I mean, especially yeah. when it comes to water. Yeah. In other words, we need to combine efforts to push back against privatization and push yeah. back against neoliberalism, along with genuine practical measures to conserve water. We can't yeah. we can't waste water as some sort of a response to government policy that included charges. You know, yeah, yeah. that's the reason for that separation. I've seen I don't know if that's a more general thing of people, but that's why that's what will happen if we don't separate out those two things. Yeah. And like right now, there's a there's a, a hose pipe ban, right? Yeah. Which is it's it's a fucking petty measure, and it's not going to make feck all difference. Like I understand the logic behind it. It's okay. Let's stop people people using water frivolously in this period, but like, it's 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 it. That's like really a desperate thing to do. It's like a last minute desperate thing to do. But it's going to become more and more frequent and basically necessary if the problems of supply aren't addressed now. Yeah, and they need to take extreme measures to address those problems now and fix them so that we don't have to do stupid and basically meaningless stuff like ban hose pipes. Like that's not gonna. That's that's a very small. It's gonna be a very on tiny, a, on a tiny contributor wound. because domestic yeah. consumption is so low. Personally, I think that the hose pipe ban makes sense if it's not being if it is being used for something frivolous. But that's a very tiny, tiny, tiny part of the overall picture. Yeah. Of actually but creating the proper infrastructure and fixing the one that's there and to to put the hose pipe ban in its proper context. The day that was brought in, the council were hosing down O'Connell Street. 
you know. Oh yeah, they, they didn't put they, a ban on it. They went yeah, and yeah, knocked yeah. down a, a pool that uh, residents had built themselves and things from pre-existing before water. the ban came in. Yeah. They went and knocked that down, wasting the water was in it. And at uh, in the same week, they were hosing down the fucking paper cross in Phoenix Park. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So it's like, you can't use the water. We can use it as frivolously as, as we want to wash our big phallus in the pheno, but <laughs> you can't use it to have a splash about in on a hot day. Yeah, and that water was already there. That's 100% true. They actually actively wasted water by doing that. They did. So they're fools. Yeah, so screw all the ordinary people, but you know, as you said, we can do whatever we want. Yeah. Um, it's a bit ranty now, but you know, sometimes that's healthy. I well, think. that's the direction <laughs> the things are going, you know, and yeah, these yeah. Are the, 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 they're justified in these ways because of the these fallacies that we have before us, which mm. were as you can see trying very hard to uh, break those fallacies yeah, yeah but I think I do think at all to bring it back to me hippy dippy point I do think it all comes from before neoliberalism before privatisation it comes from that separation that has its, I actually I'd love to have a, an episode on this yeah, so we're not part of the wider yeah, environment in I'd, other words I'd, yeah I'd love to do a separate episode on this one day like look at the roots of that it has its roots obviously in the industrial revolution and the the philosophy of the enlightenment absolutely yeah, yeah, we yeah. replace God with ourselves and I'm not I'm not believer in God but we replace this higher power with man is the power man shapes the world we're not part of the world yeah, the, the, everything the world else is, is secondary to us yeah. we're the primary ones we are the alpha everything else is the yeah. omega yeah, yeah. yeah, and it's true I mean, and it, I can see where that came from where that false and foolish belief came from because we are the, the, the apex predator I suppose um, but yeah. we're, 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 we're literally shitting in our own water supply well, so like we need to cough the fuck on we're rapidly very, we're more likely to like self-destruct yeah. as a species <laughs> yeah as compared against dumber um, species, Th- that's where this whole this whole out- this enlightenment outlook has led us. I suppose is that, yeah, we're very advanced culturally and blah 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 blah. But we're we're we've literally created a situation where we're going to wipe ourselves out. Yeah, not through war, but through just mismanagement of our surroundings, and that's it. Yeah. Mismanagement, like we're mismanaging our surroundings as though I'm saying we corporations and the powerful are the mismanaging elite. our environment as though we're not a part of it. And in a way, they're not a part of it because there's so few of them and they're so powerful that they are actually separate from the world. They've separated separated themselves from the world completely. And like Elon Musk can take them away to colonise Mars, you know what I mean? The rest of us, however, are very much still in the world. And yes. that's why I say water is us. We are water. We need to protect water. We need to protect ourselves. It's the... We are the world, you know what I mean? We need to protect the whole world because it is our entire world. We can't isolate ourselves from it. And I was going to say... As well, that's the, that's their answer to a person who has those kind that kind of an outlook, neoliberal outlook. Is like we can shield ourselves against this by hemming ourselves in somehow and isolating mm. ourselves from it, and that's that's a fallacy. Do you know what I mean? Like you yeah. can't do that. It's not actually possible. You can't like destroy the whole world and then like shield yourself from the storm that results from that. You're going to blow yeah. over like everybody else at some point. You know, yeah. you you'll blow a- o- you'll blow over after everybody else maybe. Yeah, but you will like you know. So you're not you're not shielding yourself from anything. It's a complete. It's true. We need to. You need to like realize that you are a part of the bigger world. I mean, I think a lot of people. I don't know. We're, we're getting a bit tangential here, but yeah, like it, fundamental to this, it's thinking about conservation and like securing our water future and our food future and just our our future is to to view ourselves as part of the world. And I guess, I guess most people, if you talk to them about that, would say, "Yeah, we're part of the world." But like, it's not something we think about or talk about a lot. And I think it's important. Um, and there's something that goes against the priorities of the richest in the world who yeah. want to go in the opposite direction because they perceive it as being in their personal 
yeah. interest because they're so rich they can pay for whatever they want. Like the, yeah. the likes of the extreme example is Elon Musk wanting to go to yeah, another yeah. planet or whatever. That's an extreme example, yeah. but it's it's but informative it's not, that it's, way of thinking. It's isn't extreme, it? but it's not unreal. Like, like what you're saying there reminds me of an article I read recently by a, a, an author called Douglas Rushkoff. He um, he's an advocate for open source technology and, and he hosts a podcast, a really really good podcast called uh, Team Human. And uh, the article was about he was invited to give a seminar uh, on the future of technology. Uh, and he was offered loads of money for it, so he was going there expecting it would be a, a big room full of investment bankers wondering on what's the best technology for them to invest in. But instead he was confronted by a small room with five five very wealthy men in it. And uh, They were less concerned with what to invest in, what technology was going to help them shape the future. What they wanted to know was, they were asking how do they protect their own personal future. One of the questions was, if he's already got himself a compound built to live in and his question was how do I ensure my private security force don't turn on me you know wow so, so it's not they're, they're not trying to figure out how do we stop this it's like they've accepted that it's unstoppable and it may well be so they're protecting their own asses that's unbelievable they're 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 ready to bunker in in the situation of yeah. basically like a civil war or something like that's that that's some Hank Scorpio stuff like do you know what I mean yeah shocking that is and it's such a that's not possible they will come and they will if there's a if there's a full on revolution you're going down you're the first one they're going to come after do you know what yeah, I mean yeah. you secure oh god that is as impossible as believing you can do the same thing with climate change literally itself mm. other storms come we'll just build a super bunker no you, if you're, the whole place is destroyed you, you can't live where's your food going to come from do you know what I mean where yeah. is your anything going to go you'll be dead long before that anyway probably yeah, yeah. because of you said the social unrest it causes that's insanity do you know it is pure insanity yeah. absolute insanity so that, those are the people who in one way or another are controlling policy in general mm. through the spectrum of neoliberalism so we need to those oh, fight those bangers. <laughs> yes those absolute headbangers are calling the shots like. it's tough as well because that ultimately means you need to figure out a way of redistributing wealth ultimately it's kind of like that's again you're getting a bit more bigger picture or whatever but the reason why these things are happening and these crazy policies are being followed that we've been talking about it's because of people who think like that so the people at the top you know mm. how do we control everything for ourselves and everyone else uh, well, they're just an afterthought you know yeah, yeah. we need to be able to, that is an inevitable consequence of there being a separation of there being possible for the super rich to become more super rich and more super rich at some point redistribution of wealth has to be a part of the picture it has to be, because yeah. then you end up with people who more who interests are more in line as a general populace rather than yeah. you know the 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 majority of the population and then the super super wealthy mm-hmm. who are going to act incredibly different just to save just them five lads they think that those five lads in that room think that they can live with them and their sec- private security force while everyone else around them burns you know they are believing in total fallacies to protect their own extreme wealth because they do not want to give up their extreme wealth so yeah, yeah. we need to figure out a way of doing it for them that's that's basically a way the only way in the long term we are going to survive as part of the bigger picture yeah, yeah. as well so um, yeah <laughs> speaking, speaking of surviving what are we going to do we're painting a very bleak picture here um, we're not painting actually we're just going lads look outside it's, it's not great you know, Sweden's yeah. on fire. Okay, Sweden is on fire, yes. There's wildfires Bray happening was on all fire over the world. Too. Greenland was on fire last summer. Fucking Greenland. Yeah. yeah oh, be yeah, going yeah. on fire, you know? But that's happening and like, yeah, we need to start addressing these problems and we need to start addressing the problem of water. So, the obvious thing in Ireland is to make Irish water sort their shit out and fix the fucking pipes and say, look, just disrupt the As place. As one very we'll deal qu- with, quick yeah. measure, yeah. We'll deal with the disruption for a year to not 
to to not be lacking water in the future. Like that's yeah. Can't believe we even have to say that. Like that's so obvious. It's yeah. just so obvious. It's water. Where are the priorities? Where are the priorities? Priorities start off with the fifty percent leakage. That's the very first thing yeah. you do. And yeah, we'll we'll manage with a bit of disruption. You know that yeah. needs to be done first of all. Um, what else? Well, because privatization, it, it, one way or another, actually makes water less less accessible to people then we need to stave off privatisation of the water supply yeah, keep yeah. it that way because there is thinking and there is you know hints that maybe the water charge will try to come back oh, they will of course they're not going to just give up completely I mean they've set up this utility yeah. for, for collecting money for water that's what that's they're what set up for primarily they're, they're not geared up for fixing things because they were they would have done it by now like they're, they're, yeah. they're, 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 they would they're, have taken that over from the local councils that still do that if, they, if yeah. it's done at all which it usually isn't so they need to like justify that fucking Quango's existence basically yeah, Irish yeah. water um, they could be the Irish water could be utilised to organise the fixing of the water like why Why can't that be, it would be I suppose it would have to be part of a bigger government scheme actually and then they would sort to, of deliver it but they have to fire a lot of their middle management and take on some actual who are taking workers. all the money and doing all them boys who are uh, was it GMC Sierra so it wasn't even Irish water they hired GMC Sierra to insert the meters wasn't it to install the oh, meters oh yeah, so yeah that's so, the model you subcontract you know so they set up a company not to do the work but to hire other people to do the work <laughs> yes um, yeah, so. yeah that's where we are that's how our economy works it's just it's just all outsourcing yeah. pri- we're done by companies because of the privatised model oh it's, yeah. it's a great so you see we can't separate our water even for restructuring our economy or restructuring our society it's all interlinked but as long as you understand the linkage, then it's fine, you know? Yeah, yeah. We push towards all these things at the same time. We push against the privatisation of war at the same time as the don't want privatisation of anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, so speaking of pushing against privatisation, you were telling me earlier about, um, to look at like h- how, how this has played out in other parts of the world, you were telling me earlier about Bolivia. And there's yeah. a lot of parallels between Bolivia and Ireland in terms of water and privatisation. There's a lot of uh, parallels. There was, there was a great uh, sentence I was reading earlier in this where they were saying that that guess how what percentage of water in Bolivia is lost to leakage? Same as Ireland, fifty percent. You know, yeah, yeah. and it's talk. What's the reasons for that? Well, you know, corruption over over the years and the and loss of uh, mismanagement. Just Mis- like home. mismanagement of public services, mismanagement of the infrastructure. It's like the same thing. And of course, they had the the water wars uh, between ninety eight and two thousand, where well, I mean, it wasn't a war quite. Well, six people died. But it was basically mass protests that went mm. on for long periods of time because of the fact that they taken the municipal water supply and infrastructure and they privatised it and sold it to, I think, some European companies, French company, I think, Suez and maybe uh, some others. But in any case, uh, in 2000, they had to renationalise all that, renationalise that municipal water supply because of these ongoing protests because people couldn't afford it. The, I think there may have been, at the time, already some kind of a rate being paid to a national company, but... It went up in any case from anything from thirty to three hundred percent the cost of water Jeez, for okay. people to buy. Yeah, yeah. So like crazy. So people couldn't afford water. So so this is where actually it's interesting. We're talking about water as a resource. So this is a time where it does make sense to think of water as a resource in this yeah. sense, in terms of scarcity of access, scarcity of this thing that you need just to be alive. You know. Yeah, and it's more severe in Bolivia as well. It's a drier country, so. If they're yes. experiencing fifty percent leakage, that's a much more severe situation yes. than here. Even fast forward for a quick second to the present day, and um, they have water restrictions in place of, for example, in, in, uh, three hours for every three days. 
Yeah. So we have water for only three hours for every three days. So Similar stuff happening in Cape Town now because they're dealing with the extreme water shortages. Zero coming up there. Yeah. So and it also has the same story of as I said the leakage and that's caused by the same same reasons, the same policies, the same similar history as a former colonised part of the world, you know? Mm. So they're weaker for all the reasons we've discussed, basically. Yeah. Um, so, But they're obviously, I mean, we, we're not at that stage yet in terms of our actual water shortage, but they're, they're having similar problems. and and um, Both young states dealing with trauma. Yeah. And, and you mm. know, it's interesting because it's like, not unlike here, it's had a very huge impact on the overall political trajectory of the com- of the country. Mm. Because, of course, Evo Morales, who's like an indigenous Bolivian for the first time ever, was elected in 2005. And he came from that water war, specifically that mm. movement um, in the previous years before that. And he was extremely popular in the country. And he has been for a long time. But um, because of things like this extreme water shortage that's happening now in Bolivia which obviously is because of climate change, but also people perceive it and it, because it's true. There's Part of that is also because of public mismanagement, government yeah. mismanagement, co- due to corruption, yeah. you know? And it's so like here, the water A country prone, prone to corruption, just like here, you know? Yeah. And these in, these inefficiencies in public services and in general, you know? Mm. So they, they draw a linkage between the lack of kind of political progress and political efficiency and, and that. So even Morales, who was elected because of this movement originally, is now being seen as part of the problem because his government has failed to mm. and basically resulted but in... He's been a president for, what, 15 years? So, so t- 2005, so now 13 years. It's a long presidency. like He had a referendum in 2016. Bolivia had a referendum in 2016 whether or not to extend um, constitutionally his, he, him being allowed to run for president again. Mm. And he lost 51.9% of the vote of that uh, referendum. So... He was very popular, but he's now in decline. So now he's he's actually is part of the problem in, in a way, you know. Mm. Well, that's um, what, yeah, you can't stay in power that long and not become part of the problem. I don't think it's possible. Yeah, and he did, you know, mm. because the, as, as I said, there's, they're having serious problems that weren't fixed in those public inefficiencies and corruption, all the rest of it. So mm. it's interesting. It's part of Bolivia's big, just like here, it's a part of our big uh, overall political trajectory and what's happening at, yeah, um, yeah. in our country at the moment. So. But um, one positive, real positive thing that is coming out of Bolivia in terms of the overall approach to it is that um, actually lots of local groups have set up or lots of local people have set up local groups to kind of usurp the public and some of the private infrastructure that's there around water and basically supply their own water. So they're taking charge of themselves. Yeah, creating their own, yeah, creating their own locally managed water supply um, and things like that. As far as I understand, as far as I understand, things like pipage and you know, or managing the, what's there locally. In any case, yeah. I'm not sure if they're literally setting up their own pipes, but in any case, it's a local water management. They've taken charge of the infrastructure, basically. Yes, yeah. yes, and um, and and of course, the, the water was nationalised there, though, wasn't it? It was privatised and then it was nationalised. Yes, yeah. but then it's it's the same model where you have a company similar to Irish Water. I forget the name of it, but you have a company that mm. still does. It's just that the company is nationalised. Okay, so. That, that, not that company is being efficient. usurped by local groups who are organising their own local water supply instead of that nationalised group. And as far as I understand, there's some private infrastructure. Um, uh, what I've been reading is not quite goes into detail about that, but from what I understand, that's basically where we stand with them. Hmm. So um, that's a positive story there because we have local people. take, And apparently it's just as efficient, if not sometimes, at some points more efficient than the existing uh, national uh, nationalised infrastructure. That makes total sense, though. I mean, like, decentralised yeah, decentralized power is nearly always more efficient, you know what I mean? Yeah. If you let people look after the world around them, they'll do it better than someone 
hundreds of miles away. On a local scale, yeah. but like still seeing the bigger picture, if you like, you know, it's totally true, you know. Um, That's something we, we would kind of be in favour of, I think. We talked about it a bit in the last episode when you were talking about urban green space, yeah. is the, the return of power to the councils. Like right now, councillors have very little actual say in what goes on, like this, the CEO of Dublin City Council, city managers, it's a very corporate model. The council are like, they're like a board of directors, you know what I mean? Yeah, they don't, absolutely. They, 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 don't, they don't really have that much power, so it's like returning power to the councils or just setting up other councils. Yeah, yeah, exactly to, take, exactly. to take control like they did in Bolivia, to like actually look after our problems ourselves. If you can, if you can put the work in and arrange it yourself, and usurp those things, it's not unlike the Black Panthers when they did things like provide public services and public, you know, feeding people um, without take, taking money or donations or whatever. And then, you know, they also directed traffic, you know, local traffic yeah. instead of local traffic cops, that kind of thing. Like you just go in as a local organization and totally. So the the councils that exist are part of the state infrastructure, in other words. Yeah, yeah. So usurping is like setting up your own councils yeah, yeah. to provide specific services for all the people yeah. and yourselves in that area. You know. Um, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what the first step in that is. I don't know how you start doing that, but it might be what's necessary because, like, it, have a, it doesn't look like the government are going to like actually deal with the problem in any meaningful way. No, absolutely not. No, they, at least they haven't given any indication that they're going to. They're not taking it seriously at all. And you have that like something that was brought up in the sus loads actually in that episode, which I really recommend listening to. It's, it's very informative. Uh, he was talking about David Gibney. He was talking about. Um, the attitude of Fianna Gael politicians when they were kind of on the back foot and they knew they were like being kicked out and Labour politicians by the way Alan Kelly and stuff like that he's Labour isn't he yeah, yeah he saying is. that um, oh what t- talking about how little time water took up of their time in government you yeah. know what I mean like just brushing it off as though it wasn't the thing that the thing that toppled them you know what I mean and saying oh we spent like a small percentage of our time talking about water well did he say that before they then. went this was it was around the time of the election I think it was. It might have been before the actual election itself, yeah, yeah, as far yeah. as I remember, it was part of that. But that was just a, a euphemism for saying, um, "Oh no, you're not. This isn't important. Like you're yeah. just, you know, whatever." Obviously not true. And even if it is true that they didn't spend a lot of time thinking about it, then they are incompetent. Yeah. And they they like that that that's a question I think should be asked of any potential leader or potential pol- political actor is like, "What is water? What is water? And what what does it mean to you? What are you going to do to protect to protect us?" Yeah. What's your attitude towards it? Explain that. That, that. I think that that should be something really fundamental. Because like, I know I keep banging on about this, but it is. It's like it's the life source. It's, a, it's yeah. It, it's we will be beyond fucked without it. We just won't be here. And we're in a situation where very soon we are going to potentially be. Well, we are almost certainly going to be without it, or at least for periods of time. Yeah. And we're going to have serious restrictions. So it's um, half the world facing shortages by twenty twenty five. That's not that far away. We need to big time figure out how we're going to supply ourselves. So, I mean, I suppose to answer one of the questions you mentioned there a moment ago, what do we do now and stuff? Well, I'll be looking to Bolivia and see how do they actually look. I presume that there is a certain amount of local people, you know, learning about, you know, how to manage pipe or create pipage systems and that yeah. kind of thing. But those skills are out there already. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, that's just, I mean, that's kind of taken a very direct example. So yeah. you can also extrapolate the principles from that and then also apply to that to our general approach. I mean, I think protecting... Uh, water source and having a kind of um, I don't know if it would be a waste of time having yet another referendum but I think it would be very good to have an you know sort of it's established as a right that you have to provide everybody with water so the opposite of the charges model but actually have it officially you know maybe not a referendum because we've had so many referendums and right so there's been indications that there might be a referendum on public ownership of water yeah as senior and high up as Owen Murphy who's pretty you know he's a minister for housing so that he's willing to facilitate it but uh, as far as I'm aware there's there's nothing like in our constitution or anywhere to like 
specifically say that water is just a fundamental no, human right. So. Um, I don't think so. And that's why that's being proposed, you know. Yeah, yeah. So that is one thing that is important. I know we're talking about, you know, moving, um, usurping roles of the state, but it's it's good to have a multi-stranded approach at the same time. And yeah, yeah. if this was forced to be enshrined in the constitution, that would be a very solid uh, protection against privatisation of one of our resources, mm. while we're also pushing back against the deprivatisation of all the rest of, you know, everything and services and mm. resources in our society. But yeah, focusing on water, that would be a very positive step. It would be riding the wave of success with refin, re, refin, recent referendums. <laughs> very good. <laughs> Top notch talking. You know, that's what I was saying just after the the, uh, the abortion uh, referendum is that like when we just did so well and it would pass in such a high number, I was saying, you know, we can use this, ride this wave and, and do more positive things with this so we can improve our society generally and work to yeah. be the next thing on that particular agenda, amongst other things that are, you know. Housing and migrant rights. Yeah. But this this is the thing as well that I you know we should bear in mind that we can push for all of those things at the same time we can have yeah, a bigger yeah, yeah. picture so if I was campaigning around water uh, uh, charges and the re- uh, this referendum around public ownership I'd also be bringing in those things and we can mm. have we can have we could deprivatize all of these things if we really want to you know yeah, yeah. just keep the discourse with them connected together as they should be because they are part of they're all part of the same problem of neoliberalism and privatization and financialization of the economy. It's mm. all, all linked in together. So we shouldn't yeah. be thinking, I'm going to focus on this issue and then to the detriment of this other issue and not care about things like public housing and not care about things like health, universal yeah, yeah. health care. It's, it's not just neoliberalism, but fundamentally capitalism. I'm going to sound like a dirty old Absolutely. communist now, but that's okay. Oh, no, no, it um, is, yeah. Because like capitalism, whether you're pro or anti-capitalist, um, you can't deny that capitalism is based it's an economic system based on endless extraction constant growth and endless extraction yeah that's really stupid yeah it's so not a sound model of any kind of a functioning society yeah, whatsoever it's not it's, it's not be about being against for or against money or for or against markets it's it's about being against for me the, the creation of unnecessary surplus yeah you know we create enough surplus so that we can be safe and secure we don't create loads to sell it that's where the problem comes from is endless extraction, endless creation of useless shit. Yeah. Um, and that's fundamentally the problem. So even beyond neoliberalism, which is worth talking about and like there's specific problems th- with that, but it's just uh, it's just the, the like the 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 hyper exaggeration of, of capitalism, basically. Yeah. Um, and it's a huge problem. Yeah. But concretely, these are the things that we're dealing with day to day is. Water, water shortages and Securing supply. Securing supply. Being able to have enough water to drink and to just generally live yeah. and bathe. <laughs> um, so I don't know, is, is there anything like in terms of campaigning other than right to water? Does, I guess there's nothing really like, there's nothing really continuous other than that because the response to the water charges was very, or to the metering, like, was just completely grassroots. It was oh, yeah. streets, neighbours getting together and stopping it. Yeah. The, and, the thing about that is that there was, there was something very physical to be able to block also yeah, yeah. and um, that gives you an advantage when you have something you can kind of you know and then so one of the strands I was saying we, a couple of strands of things worth doing so we were saying the referendum could be good uh, but as well as that forcing the government to fix the pipes yeah. have an actual kind of like a big a national campaign to fix the take the year out as you said of like yeah, yeah. disruption being caused and actually fix that whole water supply and go down to like 2% leakage 
instead yeah. of fifty percent leakage. That's one just concrete thing that can be done now. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a policy thing, you know. Mm. Just all it takes is someone at the top to make that decision, you know. Mm. So there's another thing. Um, are we going and to another thing? And yeah. another thing. Set up some local councils to possibly usurp the the local um, water supply infrastructure yeah. if we can get the technical expertise. We get on that now, will we? After that. Yeah, yeah. Let's get on that. I'm going to learn how to be a a, a, um, a marine engineer or yeah, a, yeah. a civil engineer now. Um, there's but yes but no to be serious for a moment Um, one thing remembering when we're campaigning all these all various points these things are all linked in together so don't think that you have to campaign for like a better water supply water infrastructure supply at the detriment of something else you can talk about all these things at the same time and say you know we're going to fight to have proper public services proper public resources we're going to undermine the corporate profit-driven motive mm. and renationalize yeah. everything. Water infrastructure, everything. And we're going to fund things out of general taxation. Fund all of this out of general taxation, which is there and can be used. Yeah. And in order to do that, we need to stop paying so much middle management and we so hire more workers to do actual jobs and run actual projects rather than managers to hire contractors to hire contractors to hire contractors yeah so let's also just move away from that general economic policy because we can't fix this under the way we do things at the moment and having a bit of backbone in terms of dealing with the debt it might be a bit absolutely it's it's late in the day to be talking about that and I know a lot of people will criticise this statement as oversimplistic but fuck the banks yes fuck the big like financial institutions that are it's like I'm going to sound pig ignorant now, but that's hocus pocus is what that is. That's yeah. that's like alchemy. Yeah. Shifting numbers around. They, they they have no worth. They don't do anything useful. They're they're. I I I'm aware that sounds simplistic, but like they're they are a drain on society, and they need to be stood up to. Yeah. In and the form of saying you're not taking our money that we need to sort our shit out. Go away. Yeah. Get the economy away from a model that is financialized, where the majority of the economy, the size of the economy is just, as you said, numbers being pushed about mm. and extremely risky financial financial tra- transactions that when the next crash will come, which it will come, that will be at the root of it, of it too, just like it was last time in, yeah, yeah. in the late 2000s onwards, yeah. <laughs> when that cer- certain speculative transactions uh, basically just bombed. <laughs> Uh, so lots to talk about and think about there folks yeah, so. n- now that we've solved all the world's problems <laughs> uh, once again no need to thank us um, we can probably wrap up um, that's been Carlos is calling me as you can hear from yeah. the other side um, it's okay Carlos I'm coming so we finish up now I guess the, to, just to, to, to close um, we would like to invite any input that you might have if you have any questions any criticisms and you want to argue with us about any feedback any feedback at all arguments um, especially we love arguments give us a shout you can uh, email us at turningearthradio uh, at gmail.com turningearthradio at gmail.com find us on facebook just type in turning earth uh, we're the one that isn't a ceramics company <laughs> and as well as that we're also always looking for collaborators so if you want to help uh, researching if you want to help actually hosting the thing so sitting here and having chats with us uh, or interviewing people or if you just want to come on once for a conversation yourself if you've got something you want to talk about something that you think would make an interesting episode in the broad theme of environmentalism and Irish environmentalism and the changing world that we currently inhabit uh, give us a shout and any general ideas and contributions anything you can think of yeah. it's all good folks yeah 
We are sitting here in Jaja Studios doing this on a Sunday, so we are open for any kind of informal anything. We are not um, very strict and scary type of people. It's all good. We're definitely not very strict. <laughs> We're um, definitely not strict. But we might try and get the next one done in less than three months, maybe. <laughs> we might try to step things up a gear, yes. Yeah, yeah. Good. So, slong full and stay safe and hydrated out there, folks. Go!